0: Amen. Okay, so Psalm 57, and I want to focus on verse 6, which reads, Psalm 57, 6, They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah. And the title of my sermon today is The Twelve Pitfalls of Christmas. Twelve Pitfalls of Christmas. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for uh the, this church I thank you for everyone here I pray that you just give them open ears now open hearts and help me to preach boldly um help people to just take in the message and 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 just fill me with your spirit please Lord and in Jesus name we pray all of this amen um right it's a short sermon. that's probably quite a good thing because um 12 pitfalls of Christmas is a 12 point sermon so uh buckle up guys because you might be here for a little while um but we've got a bit of time so that's good. Um, it's that time of year, isn't it? It's that time of year. I haven't done a Christmas sermon yet and I think quite a lot of um, our friends' churches, are probably this is their Christmas service, so I thought I'd better, better get going with a Christmas one before our Christmas service next year. Uh, sorry, next week. Um, but it is that time of year and, and look, for us as Christians, there's nothing wrong with celebrating Christmas, is there? No one here is thinking, oh, you can't celebrate Christmas, it's so heathen. Well, it's the birth of Christ, isn't it? Isn't that what we're <laughs> celebrating? We're, we here are celebrating the birth of Christ. Not season's greetings, not festive fun, not happy holidays, not Xmas, but Christmas, right? We're celebrating Christmas. Um, we celebrate the birth of Christ or, or the Messiah, don't we? The birth of the Messiah on the 25th of December. And yeah, it probably wasn't the 25th of December, but that's when we celebrate it. But the Christ-rejecting rejecting, and often Christ-hating world out there also celebrates at this time of year, don't they? What are they actually celebrating, though? Anyone got any ideas? Santa, for one, anything else? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few ideas, a few options, but they do seem to have a celebration. I'll tell you what, they celebrate pretty hard, some of them as well, don't they? Now, this is something I've noticed out so and is it just me, or I've, I've noticed a trend that every house which is full of decorations and lights and everything else are the most unreceptive. Anyone experience that at all? Okay, (laughs) okay, right, so it's not just me. I was thinking, this is just me. Every time I think, oh, here we go. You know, know, they're celebrating hard this time of year, and you knock on the door and they do not want to hear even a word, do they? They don't want to hear a word. It's a bit of a strange phenomenon, that, isn't it? But the world is celebrating something, but um, look, with that some of the traditions of the world aren't necessarily sinful though are they some of those traditions aren't i was thinking about some of these i don't believe christmas trees are sinful christmas cards anything wrong with christmas cards depends what's on the cards but they're not the card itself isn't sinful gifts yeah swapping gifts is that sinful i don't think so nice meal nice meal nice feast together nothing wrong with that what about mince pies Unless someone's going to tell me it's some pagan recipe or something and I'll I'll get it all wrong. I like a mince pie, yeah? Okay? I like a lot of mince pies, actually. (laughs) My wife makes a good mince pie. So mince pies, nothing wrong with that. Is there Christmas pudding? Again, if it's not soaked in brandy, nothing wrong with that. Um, Christmas cake, crackers. Look. Uh, and they're, they're ones off the top of my head. There's a lot of traditions which I don't think are, are sinful. Um, you know, someone might come up to me after the service and tell me, in fact, you don't understand. This is based on some mother-son God worship or something else. But look, I, I don't think it is. But a lot of what our world does is sinful, though, isn't it? A, a lot of what our world does at Christmas is sinful. And there's a lot of sinful stuff out there. And, and it is a net for our feet. Okay, it's a net for our feet and it is a pit in front of us. Okay, at Christmas, there there is a net out there for our feet and there is a pit there in front of us. And yeah, they are in the middle of that pit. Like in Psalm 57 verse 6 here, they've digged a pit before me into the way of their fallen themselves. But often they've got hold of your feet, Christian, and they're trying to pull you in with them okay, and that's what happens at Christmas time, a lot of the time they might be in the pit, but they're trying to pull you in there, there's a pit there, there's a net there, and like I said, the title of my sermon is the 12 pitfalls of Christmas, pitfall number one is worldly music, worldly music at Christmas, everywhere you go, the rest of the year you can walk into a store, into a a supermarket, into a clothes shop, whatever it is you need to go to, and not have to hear anything, Barring the murmuring and mumbling of people around in the shop. Whereas now you walk in and all you can hear is some sort of worldly rubbish, can't you? And look, I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't think we should want to hear that stuff. We should want to ideally avoid hearing that stuff. And I'm not saying, well, you can't go shopping, but it's pretty wicked, isn't it? And look, you might say, well, it's just a bit of fun, they're celebrating, because they're mentioning Christmas, in it. They might even mention Jesus every blue moon. Although I think that's getting rarer and rarer. At least they're Christmas songs, maybe that's what you think. Well, no, not only is it usually completely ungodly lyrics, but these tunes can be catchy too, can't they? They can be pretty catchy and next thing you know, you've walked in to grab a pint of milk and you're humming along or singing along to some sort of wickedness, like all I want for Christmas is you, or something along those lines. And who's that? That's Mariah Carey singing about one of the latest on a string of lovers. Yeah. That whore Mariah Carey, and you're humming along to one of her wicked songs, aren't you? Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter seven. <coughs> or maybe you're singing about Satan. S- sorry, Santa. Yeah, along at Christmas, singing singing to Satan. And we'll get onto that in a minute. But Ecclesiastes chapter seven and verse five. Ecclesiastes 7.5 says, it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. So it's better to be here, and I'm, I'm saying the wise from the word of God here, oh, I'm probably not that wise myself, but it's better to hear that rebuke of the wisdom of God than to hear the song of fools. And look, that stuff's catchy, that stuff gets in your head. And look, we don't want to hear it, and we can't always avoid it, can we? We can't always avoid it sometimes some of you are in the workplace you can't avoid it sometimes you're out some of you you're in shops you're in places you can't avoid it but we can avoid it when we can can't we okay we should make our best effort to avoid it and that means don't have the radio on listening to that rubbish oh well they're lovely Christmas songs it reminds me of my childhood yeah but it's all wicked isn't it it's all wicked I don't look I've heard very few Christmas songs I'm thinking yeah that's a pretty clean there's always something in it isn't there I want to hear that, and music's powerful, isn't it? It Gets in your head. Don't put on the YouTube playlist for your kids. Oh well, at least they can listen to a load of Christmassy songs. But it's sinful, isn't it? It's sinful. It's 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 a song of fools, and it's worse than that because really, a lot of the time, you're just brainwashing your kids. Okay, that's what you're doing with music. Music is a powerful tool to brainwash. Okay, you're brainwashing your children. Turn to Philippians four. How about another Christmas song? Last Christmas by Wham. Yeah last Christmas I gave you my, I'm not going to sing it so you don't get it in your head, <laughs> a few of you now are humming along while I do it, last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away, what a whore, this year to save me from tears I'll give it to someone special, what a whoremonger, look at these people, oh he can't even wait, wait a year, he's gone for another one. People singing about whores and whoremongers at Christmas, that's what they're doing, aren't they? Yeah. Oh I'll give you this one, you one you you've taken away, I'll give it to another one. It's just all it's all about that. But like, what you think this is talking about? Like their, their future spouses, do me a favour. You know what it's doing, you know what it's talking about, you know it's getting into people's people's heads, isn't it? Ironic, isn't it? It's ironic where Christ said in His Word in Hebrews thirteen four. Don't, don't worry, you, you've turned to Philippians four. Hebrews thirteen four says, "Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge." Yet at Christmas, Christians think it's okay to sing along about whores and whoremongers. Philippians four eight though says, "Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just." Whatsoever things are pure. I know everyone can memorise this, as you all did your memory verses before, I'm sure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That rules out the Christmas songs, doesn't it? That rule out the popular Christmas songs. And look, I think as a Christian, you've got no business listening to that rubbish. Look, sometimes you can't avoid it, but you shouldn't be playing at home, surely. Okay, definitely not to your kids. 12 pitfalls of Christmas. Number one is worldly music. Number two, alcohol. Alcohol. What a pitfall at Christmas. What a net for our feet. In this nation of just about functioning alcoholics, just about, Christmas seems to be a time to get drunk, doesn't it? Christmas is all about getting drunk, which is, again, rather ironic, considering Jesus wrote the Bible, didn't he? The Bible which says in, where are we? Let's go with Proverbs 20, verse 1. Turn to Isaiah 5. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty, verse one: "Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise." Because the world wants you to to deceive you into thinking that drinking is okay, doesn't it? The world wants to deceive you into thinking that drinking is okay. It's the best way to have fun at Christmas. That's how you have fun at Christmas. Well, you know, okay, maybe the rest of the year, Christian, you should avoid it. But Christmas, that's okay, isn't it? Oh, we should celebrate. We celebrate with something which says that you're not wise. That, that it's a mocker, that it's raging. And if you're deceived into thinking that alcohol is okay, you're not wise. Okay, you're not wise. If you think that there's any time of the year where, when, oh, well, we just can't sit out now, you're not wise. Now, Isaiah chapter five, you're in, look at verse 11. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night till wine inflame them. I know people... I know people, I know some, some, and they're not of ours, but in-laws of some family who drink champagne on Christmas morning. Some of you probably know people like that as well. They, they start Christmas Day with a glass of champagne. But they're atheists. Like, work that out. <laughs> what is that about? They get up in the morning and drink a glass of champagne to celebrate what? An excuse to get drunk, isn't it? To start in the morning, but woe unto them. And you know what they then do? They don't just finish, oh well, we've had a glass of champagne, now we'll have a nice, respectful day. No, they continue through till night until they're red, raw, puffed up in the face, slurring, staggering around, swelled up. Woe unto them. Woe unto them. What a joke. Look at verse twenty two in Isaiah five. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. The mighty man is such a degenerate that he can drink all day and still appear half sober. That mighty man, oh, he's, you know, he's such a heavyweight. Oh, what a man, what a man, because he can drink all day. What does that say about him? Woe unto him that so, he's so strong that he drinks 40% liquor. 40% whiskey, brandy. Oh, what a strong guy he drinks some real strong stuff. Woe unto him. Woe unto him. What a fool. The state of his liver. The state of the woman's liver that's drinking like that. The state of anyone that, that's drinking, any Christian that's still drinking. For me, they're, they're nuts. Why, why would you do that? They're, the poison cells in your body, it's just poison, 40%. 40% poison. People drink that at Christmas, don't they? people drink that all throughout the year but there are christians that think okay well now's the time to have my brandy or to have my whiskey or woe unto you but it's not just drinks is it what else at christmas i I know in this country what we got you got the like i said the brandy soaked christmas pudding yeah you gotta watch out for that because a lot of people put a lot of brandy on that they put a lot of brandy on that they'll still get you drunk. oh well they light it yeah light it if it even goes up because it's so soaked that, that it might, might go up for a split. Oh, we saw a bit of blue light. Now we'll eat it and we'll get drunk. Okay. Or oh, about the brandy cream as well? Anyone ever seen that stuff? So they like mixing up the brandy in the cream as well. And again, a lot of people will just shove in half a bottle of brandy in that, in that little litre of cream. And look, and, and I don't know. There's probably a load of other versions as well. Just, just avoid it. Avoid it. Christians, aren't we? Avoid that pitfall. Avoid that net. 12 pitfalls of Christmas, number one, worldly music, number two, alcohol, number three, gluttony. And by the way, I'm probably going to tread on some toes today over all of these and hopefully someone's toes do get trodden on and look, you know, if if the cap fits, wear it. Number three, gluttony. And look, there's nothing wrong with a feast at Christmas, is there? Okay, I'm not saying, right, that's it, you can't, don't don't have a Christmas meal because it's gluttony. That's not gluttony, is it? And there's nothing wrong with that because the Bible's full of feasts, isn't it? Feast days, feasts when, when... You know, there's many, many Sabbath feasts, aren't there, throughout the Old Testament. Um, And food and fellowship do go well together, don't they? The old saying, if if we ain't eating, we ain't meeting. Yeah, and and look, there's nothing wrong with that. And we we had some nice food and fellowship last night as well. And look, nothing wrong with eating. But Christmas can become a period of gluttony, can't it? For many, it does. Turn to Proverbs 25. Boxes of chocolates every night and some other junk food, and well, I don't need to cook anymore. I cooked a Christmas meal, so every night now I'm just going to get takeaways for the rest of the week. Well, like I say, the chocolate, because it's an easy present, isn't it? A box of chocolate, and then suddenly you're eating a box of chocolate every night. Well, I just got given so much chocolate by those family members who just kind of didn't couldn't think of anything else to get me. But, and that can become a gluttony issue, can't it? Proverbs 25 verse 16 says, Has thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee lest thou be filled therewith and vomit it. Okay, we need to not eat until we're sick. Okay, we need to not eat until we're sick to have some self-control. And it sounds, sounds, you know, you'd think that people would just go, yeah, of course, but sadly at Christmas, that's kind of when that goes out the window, isn't it? It's time to just stuff your face, waddle to bed in the evening and, and, and for quite a few days after that. Well, turn to Proverbs uh, chapter 23, go back to 23. Proverbs 23 and verse 20 says be not among wine bibbers among riotous eaters of flesh for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Gluttony as well as drunkenness leads to poverty it says here and not only do they spend a lot of money because some people do spend a lot of money on food don't they a lot of money on overeating, on, on, on whatever takeaways and everything else. You can go through a lot of money on takeaways, can't you? And obviously with alcohol as well. But the drowsy drunkard and glutton is also unable to work hard, aren't they? Yeah. And, and the thing is, this stuff's a slippery... Oh, well, it's only Christmas. It's only Christmas. I'm going to honor Jesus Christ by being a glutton and a drunkard. <laughs> but what happens then, then after that? Is it easy to get back to work in January? A lot of people find it hard, don't they? I bet it's pretty unproductive month, January. That's why they have dry January, don't they? Try and encourage them. But but look, it it, it it can be a slippery slope for some that can be the start of something which becomes a bit of a problem. You know, you start being a glutton, you get addicted to whatever it is, whatever comfort food it is over Christmas, The next thing you know, you are an unproductive, drowsy drunkard and glutton. And now it said here, it said, be not among drunkards and gluttons, which leads on to point number four, I think we're up to. So 12 pitfalls of Christmas. Number one, worldly music, number two, alcohol, number three, gluttony, number four the Christmas party. The Christmas party. From the office party to the old friends that like to gather every year at Christmas, for some people the invites come thick and fast. For some they don't. And you're probably blessed if they don't, but for some they do, you know, and you're getting invites to this party, that party. What's the problem, eh? You know, we we we've, you know, we're not of the world, but we're in the world. Well, you've got to be around it. Well, do you? Proverbs chapter 23, where we just were, it said, be not among wine-bibbers, among rioters, eaters of flesh. Be not among them. Now, let's be honest. The majority of these parties contain most, if not all, of these first few points, don't they? OK? And, and look, definitely the alcohol and the music. OK? And, and look, the work Christmas party is full of that. And look, you, you could say being not among means don't be one of them. You, well, no, well, it actually means don't be one of those people. I don't know. I think it means don't be around. I don't, I don't want to be around drunkards and gluttons, to be honest, because it rubs off in you. But Proverbs 23, verse 31 says, Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his colour in the cup, when it moveth itself aright." So if we can't look at it, and we don't want to purposely listen to ungodly music... That kind of cancels out most of the Christmas parties, doesn't it? Doesn't that cancel them all out? I I, I don't know. For me, that cancels them out. And you might be thinking, well, what about my career? But are you really going to get sacked for not going to the work Christmas party? Uh, Is that really a reason to sack you? Because you didn't want to be around drunkards? Because you didn't want to be sitting there with a load of people getting wrecked? Look, that's hard to... Look, even if you think, well, I'm not going to be tempted. Even if you think, well, I I could be a good testimony here are you really going to get people saved at the work christmas party are you going to get the drunkards saved look and look they're different work maybe some work christmas parties are all right maybe they're just a quiet meal and nothing else maybe there's you know something that that that's that's not full of sin but look why, why don't you get them saved at work get them saved try and get a one-on-one time if you think that you, you can get them saved but the work christmas party i don't think that's for a christian Okay, not most of the ones I've heard of, unless, unless you see one that's not. What, what do you want to be around? How, what are you going to do? Like shut your eyes while they're drinking? And don't wanna, you know, look, look, just don't, we don't want to be around it. We don't want to look on it, do we? We don't want to be around that. We don't want to be around the music. We don't just, for me, just avoid it. I don't want to be there. Um, fortunately, I don't have a work Christmas party. But look, truthfully, I don't want to be around that. I've been at a few over the years, and they're pretty wicked. Okay? They are wicked. And, and look, That's without going into the promiscuity, the drugs, a lot of them as well. Uh, and, and the rest of it. I don't want to be around that. Second Corinthians 6:17, you don't understand. It says, "Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you." I think that's very hard to be at a work Christmas party, uh, uh, and to be be coming out and be separate from for that. For me, I think that's really difficult. So, twelve pitfalls at Christmas. We've got number one, worldly music. Number two, alcohol. Number three, gluttony. Number four, the Christmas party, and number five, family get-togethers the family get-togethers. Look, the same applies to meeting up with your unsaved or liberal Christian family, doesn't it? Doesn't the same apply with that? Look, and I'm not saying you can't see them, okay? All right, that's it. You know, you can only see other Bible-believing Christians that follow the Word of God, that have got a good testimony. I'm not saying that, but, but is the worldly music, the drunkenness, the gluttony, is that now okay because it's family? Is that, well, oh, that's okay. Well, so what do you do, though? What do you do? Because it's hard, look, I'm not saying you have to just, that's it, you can't see your family, but maybe you can do something I've done, is just explain that you don't want to be around drinking. So if I'm going to bring my children, my family, my children to your house, would it be okay if we did it without alcohol? And, and then you kind of get, get the idea whether they really love you and whether they actually want to spend time with you or if they just want to try and poison and brainwash your children and be a bad influence to your children. Or say to them, how about you come to me? Come to my house and make a point of saying, can you not bring a bottle of whatever it is with you if you think that's what they're going to do? Because look, I, do, you want, do you want to be at the house with the unsaved, or, or whether they're saved or not, it doesn't really make much difference, the drunkard family members, who, who, with your children, with your young kids, you don't know where they are and anything else. Do you really want that? I don't want that. I don't want my kids seeing that. I don't want want my kids going, well, it's okay for for the cool uncle or the cool auntie or whatever else. Well, well, they drink, they seem to be... I don't want my kids seeing that. I don't want them around that. And the Bible says to not look upon it. The Bible says to to, to not be among those people, among wine bibbers, among rife seeds of flesh. So why is that okay at Christmas? Shouldn't it be the opposite? Christmas is an important time, isn't it? Look, like I said, I've had it. Family members have said, okay, cool. Cut out the alcohol. If I was an alcoholic... A recovering alcoholic, they'd say fine, and I, I've actually had that before. I saved where the where a, f- uh, a f- really close family friend of my parents, she finally started dealing with her alcoholism. The lady had been like a functioning alcoholic, and and everyone agreed no alcohol when she came round. They're fine with that. Why can't they be fine with that with a Christian? Right. Because we got we got a good reason, haven't we? Why can't they be they be fine with that around my children? Because it is a crazy world we live in, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where a kid's party, where family do's, with little kids running around is when people get wrecked and get absolutely hammered and they're mm-hmm. staggering around and all sorts of filth is coming out of their mouth. Who knows what wicked thought's going on? And, and let's be honest, a lot worse happens, isn't it? Yeah. A lot worse happens because people think, well, it's no problem. What's the problem with them getting drunk around your children? I don't want that. So for me, you know, that's something to avoid. That's a pitfall. That's a net for our feet, isn't it? What do we want to be around people like that for? Just tell them, tell them and be polite about it. You, have to be, you don't have to tell your, your drinkings. We could just say, look, we're Christians, we don't like drinking. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have it around my children. Would it be okay not to have it? And if not, come to my house. And if not, is that really the end of the world? That's how I see it. Look, if they were smoking crack, they would be okay, wouldn't they? They would say, okay, yeah, I'll cut out the crack today. Well, uh, and you might laugh, but I'll tell you what, I think probably more abuses have happened to children from alcoholics yeah. and drunkards at Christmas parties than from crackheads. Yeah, yeah? and they—and—and and look, oh, oh, yeah, but, but crack's illegal. Oh, yeah, because our righteous government, they've got it right, haven't they? Yeah, because, because alcohol's OK, because Boris Johnson says it is, right. or whoever, whatever other idiot is in government. No, look, I don't want to be around it, I, I, look politely politely you can say that and you can be a good testimony that way can't you as well and show them that actually you could celebrate the birth of christ without getting drunk yeah because that's what everyone's doing that's sadly what most of this world is doing isn't it turn to first peter chapter four and look in case you're wondering well they they might take this they're they're probably going to speak evil of you okay that's the truth they're going to speak evil of you but i prefer them to speak evil of me than god speaking evil of me who do you care more about me i'm you know as for me and my house, yeah, we'll serve the Lord. First Peter chapter 4 says, For as much then as Christ, from verse 1, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice, suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings banquetings and abominable idolatries that sounds like most Christmases in this country doesn't it wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of right speaking evil of you who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead they can speak evil of you but they're going to give account to him one day aren't they okay and for me no. I, I'm I, look they can speak evil of me but I, I want God to be pleased with me Okay, and let them give account to him when they start wickedly slandering you and everything else because you dare to not want to have your family. And look, it's not just families; It's those of you that don't have kids. Those of you that are single, same thing. Why would you want to be around drunkards for? I think the Bible teaches that. Well, okay, 12 pitfalls of Christmas. Number one, worldly music. Number two, alcohol. Number three, gluttony. Number four, the Christmas party. Number five, family get-togethers. Number six, television television, yup, the traditional Christmas movies, EastEnders, whatever it is that you, you grew up doing, and th- this is what happens in life a lot, we, we remember those fond memories from when we're young, and we try and repeat them when, when we're older, so no, well, it's only on Christmas Day, that's when I watch whatever wicked movie, that's when I watch that fornicator James Bond, yeah, that's when I watch whoever it is, because it's Christmas Day, yeah, that's okay, oh, because it's Boxing Day, that's okay, is that okay? Is that, should we really, should we be staring at the TV? Uh, Well, I don't think so. Turn to Psalm 101. Because it's pretty much all wicked, isn't it? Anyone who's put on the TV recently, it's pretty much all wicked. Psalm 101 and verse 2, Psalm 101 verse 2 says, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Is it wise to watch the TV, do you think? No. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Not just at church when around other Christians, is it? That's within your house with a perfect heart. That's behind closed doors. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. That pretty much cancels out about 99, probably 0.9% of what's on TV. At least around the 99 mark, I'd say. Anyone want to debate that? No, no. Okay, 99%, I would say. And what about for the other 1% though? Well, yeah, but there's, you know, there's, we, we, I'll pick and choose. I've got like this really good thing on TV. Well, turn to Psalm 119. Well, no, don't turn it. I'll read it. H- 119 verse 37 says... Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken now me in thy way. Well, the rest is vanity, isn't it? I don't know. There's very, very little on TV that I would say isn't either wicked or vanity. Okay? Emptiness, just rubbish, just nonsense. It's vanity. And here he says, and quicken now me in thy way. It kind of does the opposite to quickening or making you alive, doesn't it? Because let's be honest. When you sit there and stare at the TV, you kind of become half dead. (laughs) <laughs> That's the truth. Like, you can sit down in front of a television and within half an hour, an hour, you are absolutely knackered, aren't you? You don't even want to get, when you do, you're yawning, your eyes are bleary and everything else. Well, well, turn away my eyes from beholding vanity. And then you, I think it'll be easier to be quickened according to God's way, yeah? Okay, so, look, most is wicked though, isn't it? Okay, most of what you see on TV is wicked. It's not just vanity. And when, like, when, when you stare at that stuff as well, it cleaves to you, doesn't it? It cleaves to you. It, it, it sticks to you. You end up, it's hard. You can't just wipe out what's gone into your mind, into your head. And, and look, people that make this stuff, they know that. You can't just delete what you've seen or heard in life, can you? And you definitely can't do that with your kids either, can you? Oh, okay, we'll cut that bit out. That goes in the mind. It somehow sits in some little bottom recess of the mind somewhere. And look, out of all the times of the year, when we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, is that a time to be dabbling with that? Is that a time to be setting wicked things before? All oh, right, now it's time to celebrate with some wicked stuff. It's just the complete opposite, isn't it? Twelve pitfalls of Christmas: number one, worldly music; number two, alcohol; number three, gluttony; number four, the Christmas party; number five, family get-togethers; number six, television; and number seven, we're on to him: Satan Claus. <laughs> Number seven, Satan Clause. Yep, Satan Claus, is a false god. The false god Satan Clause. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been good or bad. So be good for goodness sake. <laughs> if I see anyone blocking their kids' ears here, I'm going to know, okay? Because look, if you call yourself a Christian, you don't hate this false god lie, then you're not right with God. Okay, you're not right with God if you think that that's okay. He's a false god and he's taken over from from Jesus Christ at Christmas, isn't he? In everyone's hearts and minds, pretty much in this country and most of the world now, that wicked false god is now what people think about at Christmas. It is, isn't it? It's all about Satan Claus. And that includes his false god buddies as well. The little elves, the reindeer, the flying reindeer and all the other magic and nonsense out there. Like, these people, are, like we've got family members who do this elf on the shelf. I don't know. What, what is this? What is this? What is Christmas? It's the birth of Christ, not magic and fairies and all of that junk. Yeah, it's wicked. It is wicked. Okay? And I'm, look, I'm not, oh, well, you know, now it's time. Look, it's wicked. Okay? And if, look, you might sit there and think, well, I haven't, okay, I haven't really thought about this before. Okay, amen, but you do now. Okay, now you should be thinking about that and thinking, what am I doing? We're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, and you're instead worshiping some fat false god, yeah, in some stupid outfit. Because it is a stupid outfit. Let's be Who ever thought of that outfit? That stupid all red outfit. Wicked. And look, he has been slowly taken over Christmas because he started as Saint Nicholas, and it was just you know a little kind of you know Catholic fairy tale or something. Then it, then it increased to uh, you know then, then he became what well, after that Father Christmas. Sound too bad, and now it's just it's open, just open false god with of an anagram of Satan, Santa Claus. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And and now it's not. I mean, most people miss out the clause but now it's just Santa, Santa isn't it? All about Santa. Is Santa coming this year? And going up to kids. Oh, what did Santa get you? And everything that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what it's becoming. This in this wicked world, and it is a net. It is a net for. It's a trap for us. and Look, like I said, you might not have thought about it before. Oh, it's just what people do. It's just a tradition that we lie through our teeth. It's just a tradition that in our country we lie through our teeth to our children. Okay? Does that make it right? Does that make it okay? It's part of the magic of Christmas. Oh, it's all the magic of Christmas. He knows if you've been good or bad. How about you tell your kids that there's none that doeth good? No, not one. Santee ain't coming this year, kids, because no one's good. (laughs) yeah give them a bit of truth sorry kids it's done but now nah, this is what people f- get upset about they go but what if he ruins it for another kid what if she ruins it for another kid what if they go and tell one of the unsaved kids and it ruins it for them because that's what we worry about what about other people forget God. forget the false god what if they go go to school and everyone hates them because they've just ruined it and all the parents go what, what I remember getting told off because when I, when I revealed to some kid, you know, who pretended he already knew, he'd he done me up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I said, so I said, okay, you know. Uh, and next thing you know, I'm getting told off by everyone. His mum hates me and everything else. Well, look, we tell our kids about all the other lies in the world, don't we? Don't you? I hope you do. I hope you warn your kids about the other lies. What if they ruin that cute story about us all coming from apes? What if they ruin that for the other kids? Yeah, because they, they could, couldn't they? They won't they go to school or go to the club or whatever it is and ruin that cute story. The cute story that most people are going to heaven because they're not that bad. What about that cute story? I hope your kids aren't going to school and saying that or going to whatever club it is or around the unsaved kids. What if they ruin that cute story about all religions being the same God? We're not fussed, are we? Because they're saying the truth. And in the same way, I don't care if they ruin about the Santa lie, or more likely the Satan lie. Because you know what will happen when they grow up, don't you? And find out that it's they've been deceived, that they've lied. Do you know what the first thing my sister said when, she, when my mum said to her that Santa's not real? And she said, is God real? First thing she said, is God real? Okay, and, and look... That's what happens, isn't it? Because they're like, well, wait a second. You'd be lying about old Satan Claus, the false God, who seems to have some godlike powers. What else have you been lying to me about? Okay, and look, sorry if I've just ruined it for anyone here, but I'm not sorry. (laughs) Okay, because, look, that's what they'll do. Turn to Proverbs 12. We tell our children, and here's another thing, we tell them not to lie, don't we, for good reason. Okay, and we want to be an example to our kids. We don't want to be hypocrites, do we? You don't want to be a hypocrite. I hope you don't want to be a hypocrite. Proverbs twelve twenty two says, Proverbs twelve twenty two, lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. So lying lips are abomination to the Lord, unless you're lying about that false god that's taken over Christmas, unless you're lying about that false wicked god that has basically captured the hearts and minds of not only just the world, but also a lot of Christians, let's be honest. How many Christians are still going on about Santa? How many kids are lying there thinking about Satan clause instead of God? Is that? Is that of course it's not okay. It's even worse, isn't it? It's an abomination to the Lord. But they that deal truly are, are his delight. Christmas is a time to encourage the praise and worship of God, isn't it? Not a time to basically encourage the praise and worship of some big, fat fake okay it's wicked 12 pitfalls of christmas number one worldly music number two alcohol number three gluttony number four the christmas party number five family get-togethers number six television number seven satan clause (laughs) number eight i see this is (laughs) making you chuckle Uh, uh, number eight graven images graven images okay turn exodus 20 the false gods of the worldly christmas If it's not Satan claws and his magic helpers, it's graven images of Jesus, Mary, Joseph, angels. Well, Exodus 20 and verse 4 to 5 says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So what's the argument? Oh, we're not bowing down or or worshipping them. We're not serving them. So then why have you got some graven image of an angel on the top of your Christmas tree? Well, Why? Why do you have some weird angel, usually in a dress, some weird he-she angel a lot of the time, in a dress on the top of your Christmas tree? I hope no one does here, but I'm not picking on anyone in particular here. But because you know what these nativity scene images do, don't you? What do they do? Well, they create a mental image that's not real. They create this mental image, just like those stupid kid storybooks with Jesus in a dress and every one of the disciples and everyone else running around with long hair and a dress. They create this false mental image, don't they? I knocked on a door the other day. who was like, with Brother John there at the back. And uh, he he came in halfway through, and I'm and I'm trying to preach to this uh, to this lady, and she was pretty pretty early on. She said, "Well, she said she was a Christian." Then she said, "Well, I only believe parts of the Bible." I said, "Oh, okay." Uh, I I believe the New Testament. I said, "All right, so you believe that the Bible says that that sadly, you know, sin means that we all go, you know, we all should be going to hell." No, no, I don't believe in that. Oh, okay. Why not? Well, I believe in a loving God. My God is a loving God. I said, okay, well, yeah, your God is a loving God, and you know what he did for you. And then, kind of, we had a few more, you know, funny comments. And then she suddenly, out of nowhere, right, so she's at the front door here, she's just suddenly grabbed this picture of God. This is my God. And it was this complete effeminate, so called picture of Jesus. She said, this, and for her, this effeminate, long-haired, queer-looking Jesus is my God, and he isn't sending anyone to hell because look how queer he looks. That, that, that was basically what she was saying. Like, and and I, I just went, she went, look, she's gone, this is my God. I'm gonna, uh, what? Someone's done a painting of Jesus. <laughs> she's just, well, he's my blah blah blah. And, and anyway, and then we, we pretty much left it at that, didn't we? But yeah, um. And, and that's what it does, though, doesn't it? That's what these images, these false fake images, they they start creating this mental picture. I mean, this one was an extreme of this, but people will have that to some degree, don't they? And that's what it does. And, and look, what's the difference with the nativity Joseph in a dress? What's the difference? Oh, oh, well, Joseph wore a dress. All the shepherds were running around in dresses and frocks and 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 long hair and everything else but 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 Jesus didn't no just it just constantly reaffirms that false image doesn't it that false narrative of basically a hypocritical God as well that said clearly that long hair is a shame unto a man so so either whichever way you look at it if you say oh well well he didn't have the long hair but but that's all it's just constantly just pushing promoting this but look he said clearly not to have long hair didn't he and then what happens when you're bowing to Jesus what's the image a lot of the time in in many Christians heads when they're bowing to Jesus some long-haired hippie in a dress sadly and where does that come from from all this junk okay so just get rid of that get rid of that nativity junk you don't have to know 1st John 5 21 says little children keep yourselves from idols amen I'm into that eh? 12 pitfalls of Christmas. Number one, worldly music. Number two, alcohol. Number three, gluttony. Number four, the Christmas party. Number five, family get-togethers. Number six, television. Number seven, Satan claws. Number eight, graven images. And number nine, greed. Greed. Kids, are you listening here? Okay, kids, listen up here. Because kids are often sport rotten at Christmas, aren't they? Kids are often absolutely sport rotten. And our worldly Christmas... It it encourages greed like nothing else, doesn't it? Doesn't it just encourage that greed for what can I get? What can I have? Stuff, stuff, stuff. Things, things, things. You know, possessions. What's going to be spent on me? What am I going to get? What are you getting for Christmas? What did you get for Christmas? Uh, uh, The first church I was really part of, this liberal church, a wicked liberal church, at Christmas, forget the sermon, no sermon, the, the, the pastor, in inverted commas, stood at the front of the church and just invited kids up with their presents to show everyone what present they got now look again there's nothing wrong with exchange of gifts but what a waste of a Christmas service just coming up and it was you know and then it was like easy cheap laughs where he could kind of mock what the kid says and it was, like, oh he's so funny you know when he's going oh what, what have you got there little one and they go I've got a you know whatever it is a thousand pound computer <laughs> you know great next one comes up it was wicked and, and look Again, nothing wrong with gifts, but we've got to be careful we don't get greedy at Christmas, don't we? And it's not just kids, is it? Because a lot of adults do as well. A lot of adults get a lot of money spent on them and get a lot of stuff and a lot of things and start you know, start writing gift lists, lists of what I want. I want this, I want that, you know. People do that. It's not just kids. Kids do that as well. But in, again, you don't have to turn to Luke twelve fifteen. Jesus speaking, and he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And adults can be bad for this, like I said too, and, and look, kids, adults, just just think about that. It doesn't, that's it's not really important, is it? Plotting and planning your gifts. Turn to Acts chapter 20. So there is nothing wrong with giving and receiving gifts, but we want to be different, don't we? Not just focusing on what we can get. Not just focusing on, well, what am I going to get for Christmas? Acts chapter 20, and from verse 33. Acts 20 verse 33 says, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things. So laboring, you ought to support the weak, to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive and that's a great thing to remember at Christmas isn't it it's more blessed to give than to receive and something look again uh, look, we, we I'm sure myself and my wife get many things wrong as we all do as parents but something what we thought was quite a good thing that we started doing is at Christmas we used to get up because I, we had like a lot of family that were just giving presents sending presents our kids were just getting all this stuff so we basically made them earn money at Christmas and then go to the pound shop and buy presents for everyone that was, that was constantly giving them presents. And then they then started really enjoying it. And you know what, you can get some good stuff at a pound shop as well that, that, that you know, actually people are quite pleased to get. It's not just a load of old junk. It kind of is junk, but it can be quite useful junk. And, and for me, that was a really good thing. They started enjoying the giving. They liked giving the gifts to people. They wanted to see them, to give them their gift, not just to see them to get their gift. And I think that's a nice thing to do. Uh, something along those lines again you i'm sure you all have your own ideas of stuff you can do but look it is more blessed to give than to receive isn't it and and we can create little monsters at christmas can't we because they can become monsters to the point where they could literally have just opened i don't know a, a brand new car and they'll just go next one next one because they just become like present mad and all they want to do is open more, 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 more because they've just got this big stack of pre- Like, what, what, are they, what are they benefiting from that at yeah. all? And, and they do, they become monsters from it as well. And they're rude and then they're not appreciative because all they want to do is open the next present. You're almost trying to pull them back and suddenly they've got the strength of ten men while they're just trying to rip open the next present. <laughs> more presents, presents, you know. It's like what, what have we created with that? And we don't have to encourage that, do we? okay Christians we don't have to encourage that look again encourage them to want to give uh, and and when we give to our kids do we have to give them like 100 presents surely not okay so right and that's that's kind of you know what we should be focused to go on more on but but that giving rather than receiving. But then that leads on to the next point. So 12 pitfalls of Christmas. We're doing all right for time here. Number one, worldly music. Number two, alcohol. Number three, gluttony. Number four, the Christmas party. Number five, family get-togethers. Number six, television. Number seven, Satan Claus. Number eight, graven images. Number nine, greed. And number 10, overspending. Overspending is a pitfall at Christmas, isn't it? Yes, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It is, isn't it? But that, that doesn't mean that you should be spending thousands of pounds at Christmas, does it? Okay, again, are you honouring, are you glorying God with that? Because, look, people do, don't they? Some people spend an absolute fortune. Some people get into massive amounts of debt at Christmas. Some people, it becomes a massive stress. They're saving up for Christmas all year round. Why? Why? What is it that they, they need to spend all that money on? Because you definitely shouldn't be getting into debt at Christmas, should you? Buying your third cousin twice to remove presents for their baby that you think they might have just had with their, you know, with their girlfriend or something. It, 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 well, I better get them. And Why? Why? Because a lot of times it would people you don't even know, you don't even see, you don't even care about, really, let's be honest. But you feel pressured to get them a present. What's it all about? Well, turn to John 15. Do you know what it's all about? To be popular. That's usually what it's about to be popular, for them to think well of you, for them to think how generous you are, for them to not be irritated, annoyed or worried that they're going to think you didn't get them something this year. Look, if, you're gonna, if you live for God, they're going to hate you anyway. Okay? If you live for God, if, you, if you're right with God, sooner, or, sooner rather than later, they're going to hate you. Okay? John 15 and verse 19 says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. If you act all worldly, they will love you. But God's chosen you out of the world, hasn't he? Okay, I I believe that applies to us as well. And look, if you really want to get everyone a present because you're nice like that, look, that's fine. But don't get in debt doing it. Don't make your husband or husbands, you know, don't make yourselves end up having to just work extra hours and ta- you know and uh, get to the point where you can barely put food on the table for the kids just so you can buy whatever distant relative it is some stupid present that doesn't look too cheap because you don't want to look like a cheapskate either because it's nonsense it's all rubbish isn't it who cares look if you want to get them something get them but just get them something cheap like i said the pound shop you can get stuff in the pound shop if you need go and get them some pound gifts and Maybe go to a more obscure pound shop because a lot of people end up going in there and knowing what's in there. But no, I'm joking. Look, get, get them. Look, because isn't it meant to be the thought that counts? Isn't that, what, isn't that what the world says? It's the thought that counts? It's a thought as long as the thought had like at least 20, 30 plus pounds behind it. Yeah, because then I look like I've got a few quid and I look like I'm generous. But again, it's just all about what people think, isn't it? All about what they, what, what they say definitely don't get into debt. You know, have to turn there. Proverbs 22, 7 says, the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Okay, you don't want to get to the point where basically you're to some wicked, basically false Jew, usually credit card company or something else that you're now a servant to while they're telling you how much extra commissions in the small print when it goes over a certain amount of time, whatever else. Don't get involved in that. Just, Just what you can afford and and if you really feel the need to give to to all and sundry look get them something small eh just get them something small and look be a wise and faithful steward with what god's given you yeah remember god's god's provided you with the work and whatever it is it's it's you know provides you with your money be a wise and faithful steward with that 12 pitfalls of christmas and wives those of you that are wives here don't spend all your husband's money on gifts for someone that no one cares about yeah (laughs) go to the pound shop number 12 pitfalls of christmas number one worldly music number two alcohol number three gluttony number four the christmas party number five family get-togethers number six television number seven satan clause number eight graven images number nine greed number 10 overspending number 11 pitfall of christmas is neglecting god neglecting god Because even if you cut out all of these pitfalls, Christmas can easily become about everything else apart from God, can't it? It can become about everything else apart from Jesus Christ. And if there's a time of year to be consistent with Bible reading, it's Christmas, isn't it? Shouldn't that be the time of year when we're most consistent with our Bible reading? If there's a time of year to be consistent with prayer, it's Christmas, isn't it? It, it, Would it be right to say, oh, no, I'm too busy right now to be reading the Bible, to be in prayer because otherwise it's like going to a birthday party and not even speaking to the birthday boy, isn't it? It's like turning up to the birthday party and, no, I'm too busy, too busy with other things and other people to actually say anything to the birthday boy, avoiding him when he tries to talk to you, just turning away and going the other way because he he wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you and he wants you to talk to him. But Christmas, one of the big pitfalls, people, well, it's Christmas, so too busy for that. I don't have time for my Bible reading right now. I don't have time for my prayer. James 4.8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Because how many Christians do get so busy that they get stuck with this? They do, don't they? they? They don't draw nigh, they go the other way. They draw away from God. And how many won't even come to the birthday party? How many just refuse to even come to the birthday party because they're so busy? Not coming to church because... Auntie agnostic and uncle atheist are coming round. yeah well no no they're coming round, so i'm not going to go to the birthday that's it's true isn't it this is what happens you'll get christians around the world that do that no well i can't make church because it's christmas day i've been invited to my unsaved worldly family's house look, look i understand some of you come from afar and there's travel issues at christmas but for those of you that don't what's uh, what sort of excuse and if you're you know and again even if you're not coming to church you should be glorifying god shouldn't you should be thinking about God and and I know our church service is the day after but on that day as well think about God glorify God read your Bibles pray sing to God shouldn't shouldn't we be doing that isn't that what it's about or or, or is it all about having that feast with your God hating reprobate uncle or whoever it is because that's what a lot of people do and look Christmas is a time to be in church to be in the word of God to be in prayer isn't it isn't it yeah surely that's what it's about if we're going to say look yeah look the worldly Christmas is a joke we're Christians, we want to, yeah, no, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. Why well, are you doing that with the Christmas tree? Yeah, look, there's nothing wrong with the Christmas tree, but the Christmas tree isn't celebrating. The Christmas tree isn't drawing nigh to God. The Christmas tree isn't thinking about God. Yeah, the, the, whatever else, the other traditions, they're okay, a lot of them. But if we're going to say, yeah, no, that's okay, that's because really we're saying Christmas is okay, aren't we? And in which case, if we're going to pull away from that worldly Christmas, we want to make sure that we're, we're still thinking about God and being close to God at Christmas. Okay. Last bit then, 12 pitfalls of Christmas. Do you want to hear the list again? Man, okay, that, that first bit, worldly music, we're up to the 12th time now, okay? If anyone's still listening to worldly music at the end of this man, you're lost, okay? Are you even safe? No, i joking. Okay, number one, worldly music. Number two, alcohol. Number three, gluttony. Number four, the Christmas party. Number five, family get-together. Number six, television. Number seven, centric laws. Number eight, graven images. Number nine, green. Number 10, I've spent number 11, neglected God. That wasn't was bad, come on. And number 12. Number 12, not enjoying it, not enjoying Christmas. Because we can get so busy at Christmas, so stressed, can't we? And look, a lot of people do. They get stressed out at Christmas, so focused on presents and catering that we forget to enjoy it. We forget to enjoy Christmas. So focused on all the pitfalls of Christmas, (laughs) some guy telling you to stop doing this and stop that. (laughs) it's not some guy because I I believe the word of God is is saying all of that but but we can get so focused on all these stresses of Christmas that we then don't enjoy Christmas and it is a time to look we're we're Christians we should be enjoying it more than all these worldly drunkards and champagne drinkers in the morning shouldn't we turn to Luke chapter 2 because it's meant to be a celebration and we can become that moody one at the party can't we we can be that moody one that ruins it for everyone else Everyone doesn't want to be around you because you're just so stressed out, so moody, just got the ump because I've got so much to do, I've got so much on my mind, I've got so many presents, I've got so much to cook, I've got so much to buy, I've got whatever else, and you're that unhappy guest. Well, remember what we're celebrating, Luke chapter 2 and from verse 8, and now we're in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour which is Christ the Lord it's good tidings of great joy has that changed has it changed has it hasn't changed no it's great joy because of what he came to do isn't it it's great joy because of what what he came because of the reason of him coming and what he did for us and and continues to do for, for people all over the world and if you're so busy that you can't get that joy then you've got to change something don't you okay you've got to change something at christmas if you're so busy that you're not getting that joy you're not thinking about that joy and what that meant jesus christ coming being born born there in Bethlehem and what, what that meant for you, then, then you've got to change something. You've got to change something at Christmas because it's about him, isn't it? Yeah, it's not about the rest of it. Don't cook that tenth side dish, yeah? <laughs> which you just saw this great recipe for and you just couldn't resist. Or maybe your husband told you you've got to cook. Or so, look, you know, maybe you guys need to agree to not cook that tenth side dish. Or don't get your baby who can't even talk yet a hundred more presents, you know? Cause they don't even know what's going on maybe, maybe cut down a bit go down to maybe 99 or something like that maybe cancel on the distant relatives whatever you know the the fifth party the fifth family get together to celebrate something that they don't even care about really yeah, maybe cancel it just say look we've got too much on we're too busy because it's christmas yeah we're, we're celebrating the birth of christ because it, it shouldn't be full of stress instead of joy should it and Right, 12 pitfalls of Christmas. Number, no, okay, well, well, I think you've all got it, okay. Let's, let's remember the last one again there, though. So, not enjoying it, not enjoying Christmas is a pitfall. Now, what, you, what, what to do to help you avoid them all then? To help you avoid all these pitfalls? Well, go back to Psalm 57 where we started. <coughs> go back to Psalm 57. Because David had the right idea to avoid the net and the pit. In verse 6, he said in Psalm 57, verse 6 says, They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me, into the midst whereof they have fallen themselves, Selah. Then he says, My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Praise God. Get the worship hymns out. That's a good way to keep you on, on point, isn't it? get the worship hymns out Listen, great hymns at Christmas aren't they? and hymns that we all know pretty well because we've probably you know in times past this country would have heard it a bit more over the tannoy instead of wham and and, and all the rest of them and look get out the worship music get thanking him for what he did 2,000 years ago yeah make sure that your prayers around Christmas time maybe have a lot, lot of thanks in them a, a lot of appreciation as well and, and it should get you more on point I think and maybe just get you to kind of reset a bit and realise what what really it's all about, sing loudly, sing loudly, sing at home loudly. Yeah, sing those hymns, sing those Christmas hymns so the neighbours hear. He said, here, I will praise you, O Lord, among the people, I will sing unto thee among the nations. And no, we're not going to go Christmas caroling (laughs) next year. (laughs) But, But sing among the people, sing among the nations. Yeah, it's Christmas. Time you can probably get away with that you know, sing loudly in your car with your kids or whatever it is, because it's a good time for that. And I think it's, a, you know, for you, for, for most people, I'd hope that should hopefully try and just remind them what it's about and, and get away from all the worldly stuff. And, and by that and with that, and we should be exalting him at Christmas, shouldn't we? Yeah, let's exalt him at Christmas. On that, let's pray. <coughs> Father, I, I thank you. I thank you for, for that day, you know, 2,000 odd years ago now. Thank you. Um, that, that we're in this period where we can think about that and focus on that. And help us to, all to do that. Help us all as a church to do that when not only when we're together here, but also in our day to day lives to to just put the focus on you right now and away from all this all this worldly distractions and and, and help us to just keep away from these pitfalls, these these and they are pitfalls and nets and look there's different everyone here will have different temptations and different pitfalls which which will be be a problem for them and i just pray that you help us all to get to to deal with these to conquer these things to to take this in the right spirit to just help us to just be more how you want us to be to exalt you more at christmas and and just help us to all to all enjoy it though as well help us to all have a great next couple of weeks and and a time when we can really think about you and 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 just really glorify your name in jesus name we pray all of this amen Amen. Mm